Pastor Varun and Pastor Dala Hopperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. Praise God. Are we ready to hear the word of God? Let's confess with me. Today, Today, I will be taught taught the word of God. God. I receive the word. word. My mind will be renewed. My My life will be changed changed. by the word of God. God. We love the word. We We want to learn. In Jesus' mighty name. name. Amen. Amen. In the past few months after the camp, we were talking about living abundant life or prosperity. And I have not finished the series of this sermon. I believe that this teaching is very important to you. One of the key teachings that will help you to live prosperously or abundantly. So I hope that you can listen to this teaching carefully. And also, please get the MP3 or CD to listen again and again. Because sometimes when you listen on Sunday, you can get only 10%. But when you listen in the car, you can get more deeper and have more faith in it. Lately, I really am convinced now that it's so important to do everything by faith. If you have faith, you will see a lot of things happen. Faith moves the hand of God. So we don't study the Bible, we don't learn the Bible just to decorate our head knowledge. But we want that word to go into our heart and do something in our heart to have faith inside the heart. Faith is of the heart, not of the brain, but it's of the heart here. So I pray that you all will be like that. Not only that, Jesus said that we should be like children. You know, when you talk to children, they're so receptive. And this is so simple. One thing that God teach me, He said, when you go to any meeting, you go to any camp meeting in the world, don't go like a pastor. Don't go and act like you are just a great man. You just go like a child. Just simple. And just receive from me. I will speak to you if you come to me humbly like a child. I think every Christian should live that way. Like children. Come with an open heart, receive from God, and hear from God. The Father in heaven can teach us anything. We taught about sowing and reaping many weeks ago before I left to the mission trip. I would like to continue this subject about sowing and reaping and account in heaven. I just review a little bit. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 17 to 19, the Bible says, Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit. Everyone say fruit. That abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the church in Philippi that the church sent financial aid to him, sent financial support to him. And he said that, not that I want your money, but this is good for you because this offering is like a fruit 
that about in your account. Paul did not talk about earthly account, either U.S. Bank or the Bank of America or any bank on earth here. But he was talking about heavenly account. How many people believe that you have an account in heaven? I believe because it's in the Bible. When you give offering to support the ministry, when you give tithe, offering, support the church, support God's work, it's not going to just go into the offering bag. But God considers as smelling, the sweet-smelling aroma come up to Him. And it will be deposit in your bank account in heaven. And Paul said, And my God shall supply all of your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So you can see here that you sow natural things, finances or material. At the same time, there's something happened in the spiritual realm that you have something deposit in the spiritual realm in the bank account. Everyone say natural. natural. Everyone say spiritual. spiritual. In our life, we deal with two realms all the time. The two kingdoms. Natural realms that we can see with our own eyes, we can touch with our own hand, we can smell. That is natural realm. But there is another kingdom, spiritual realm. Heaven, thing in the heavenlies that we don't see with our own eyes. And in daily life, from waking up in the morning and going to bed at night, you are dealing with both, and you cannot ignore one or the other. You have to deal with the natural, and you deal with the spiritual things. We need to understand that both are connected. And that's why the Bible always used different terms from the spiritual part to See the things in the natural. In Romans chapter 15, 25 to 29, But now I am going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints, for it pleased those from Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. It pleased them indeed that they are their debtors, for if the Gentiles have been partakers of their spiritual things, everyone says spiritual, you see, the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, received the spiritual blessing from Jerusalem because Jerusalem sent apostles, sent teaching to Macedonia, the Gentiles. So they received the spiritual seed from Jerusalem. Their duty is also to minister to them in material or natural things. So this scripture talking about sowing and reaping. Jerusalem sowed the spiritual seed into Macedonia. Macedonia sold back the natural thing of money, giving to the poor because there was a famine in Jerusalem at that time. You can see that we're dealing with both natural and spiritual. As God's people, we need to understand about sowing and reaping an account in heaven. Amen? Do we have account in heaven? Yes. Should we sow naturally? Yes. We will reap naturally. Yes. And we will also reap spiritually as well. Spiritual and natural. Let's look at the scripture. Galatians chapter 6 verse 6. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. This Bible go along with Romans chapter 15 a while ago that 
when you when someone minister to you spiritual thing, they teach you the Bible, they take care of you. You should minister back in the natural. Maybe feed them, give them dinner, give them some money to help them. And that's what happened to me and Pastor Da. Many pastor in the world has really ministered to us spiritually. They lay hand on us. They impart the spirit to us. They taught us. We listen to that teaching all the time. Then we listen to that CD. We read that book. And when I know that they have needs, we will send money. We send natural seed to them because they minister spiritual thing to us. That's what we do. And a lot of people in the church do the same thing to us. Many people in the church take care of me and Pastor Da naturally. They come and fix our light. They come and help us to do something. Yesterday, somebody helped us to put up the Christmas tree in our house and put the light around. That is ministering to me naturally. While I'm ministering to them spiritually, you can see the things back and forth like that. Amen. Look at Galatians six verses seven to eight. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Amen. Everyone say sowing, reaping, reaping. Giving. giving, receiving. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. These scriptures talk about the principle of sowing and reaping. The natural things are patterned after the spiritual thing. God used all this natural word: sowing, reaping, fruit, bank account. So that we understand that the same similar thing happened in the heavenly realms or in the spiritual realm as well. And Paul talked about sowing. If you sow it to the flesh, for example, you gossip, 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 attacking people, thinking bad, committing adultery, doing a lot of things to the flesh, you please your flesh, you're going to reap corruption and death. But if you sow to the spirit, mean you're doing the right thing according to the spirit. You don't grieve the spirit. You please God all the time. Everything you say, everything you do, or your heart, your motive, your attitude. If you do that, you're gonna reap life and prosperity and the good things from God. God gonna bless you naturally and spiritually at the same time. Amen. Hallelujah. We deal with both sides, the spiritual and natural. But if you're going to sow something, make sure we sow good things according to the principle of the Holy Spirit, not the bad things. Verse 9, the Bible says, And let us not grow weary. Why doing good? When why we are sowing, why we are giving, why we are ministering to people, why we are building the care group, planting churches, witness to the non-believers, loving people, visiting people, why we are doing good? Don't grow weary, for in due seasons we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Amen. Amen. Again, all the scripture talk about giving, receiving, sowing, reaping. Depositing and withdrawing from the account. We have to deal with both sides. Paul warned us not to grow weary, not to lose heart, not to give up too soon, not to throw a tower, not to really run away and say, "I don't see the answer from God. I'm gonna give up now." 
Apostle Paul say we need to make an effort. You know, to reap requires an effort from us. Why requires an effort? Because the Bible say in due seasons. Due season means God's seasons, not your season. Your season is now. I want to reap now. Even yesterday, is that right? You know, I started this church many years ago, and God keep telling me, "Be patient. You may not reap right now, but you're gonna eventually reap if you don't give up." So God's season, not my timing, but God's timing. Some church may grow very fast, very quickly, because that is their season. But for me, maybe God used me this way. That I plant church, and then eventually God start to use us in Thailand, Indonesia, Hong Kong, other countries, and our church will be a part of doing sowing into those nations and reaping. I was so glad to see about maybe 15 or 20 Taiwanese members from another church on Friday night, and they were all got touched by God. And I was thinking, one day we're g o i n g to go to Taiwan, because now Chinese people start to open to the move of God. Amen. The care group leader was touched by God and on the floor until 11:30 p.m. and all the members could not go home because they came with his car. They all had to stand there and waiting for the driver, the care group leader, to get up from the floor. He was like this. He was crucified on the floor until 11:30 p.m. and that is wonderful. That is awesome to see God touch Chinese people. Amen. The Holy Spirit is not only for Americans. It's not only for Indonesian. Is for every nationality, Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we need to be patient. We need to wait for God's season. That's why be careful. Don't touch any minister. You may think that they are not successful, but it's not season for them yet. They need to keep plowing, keep sowing, keep reaping, keep doing things. We cannot compare two ministers because season of each person is different. What they need to do is to keep going and don't give up. Keep learning, keep sowing, and giving the life, and don't quit. James chapter 5 verses 7 to 8 say, "Be patient, then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits. Everyone say waits. Oh, that is a difficult word in America. Wait. You have to wait. Okay, for the land to yield its valuable crop, and how patient he is. Everyone say patient." <laughs> Wait and patient for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. So God said that if you want to reap, this is what you need to do. You keep sowing, you keep loving people, you keep encouraging people, helping people, giving to people, and at the same time stand firm. Don't be shaken. And keep being patient. If you buy a piece of land, and then you sow seeds onto the land, will you have a big oak tree the next morning? No. It takes time for that seed to grow, to die and grow and become a big tree. The same thing in the spiritual realm. The natural realm gives us the picture of the spiritual realm. When you sow something spiritually, don't think that it's going to come back the next morning. It's not going to come back the next year. Sometime, maybe you have to wait for a few years to see the result. You need to be patient and stand firm. Amen. We learn a lot of things in the natural, comparing to the spiritual thing. 
Stand firm, being patient. Don't lose heart. Don't grow weary. Just keep plowing, keep doing the right thing, and don't give up. Look at Hebrews chapter six, verse twelve, saying the same thing: that you do not become sluggish or discouraged, but imitate those who, through faith, everyone say faith, and patience, inherit their promises. If you want to. Inherit. You want to reap. You want to see the result. What you need to do: keep sowing, stand firm, don't be sluggish, have faith, stand firm in faith. It's gonna happen. And not only that, be patient. Don't give up. Don't put a limit on God. God, if you don't answer me in 24 hours, we done. It's over. Don't put limit on God if you don't answer me in two days. I'm sorry. I'm leaving. I'm not going to do this anymore. Don't do that. I know that a lot of you have believed God for something, and you haven't seen the answer yet. You sow. You do good things in the church. You help people, but you haven't seen the answer from God, and you start to get discouraged. Some of you may already wipe it off. You use a wipe out, the white wipe out, and wipe it off from your paper and say, "No more. God is not helping me anymore. I'm giving up." Today, I want to ask you to go back and write it down. And expect and have faith, amen. You do that and don't give up, amen. Be patient, amen. Don't put the limit time on God. God timing is not your timing. Just keep being in faith. Keep being patient. Keep standing firm. Keep doing the right thing, because God will answer you and come true for you in due seasons. Amen. So that's the principle of sowing and reaping. Don't quit. Now I want to talk about the account in heaven, and that account in heaven connect to the account here. Whatever you sow into the account in heaven, it will really impact your account on earth here. Let's look at what Jesus said. Jesus talk about account a lot. He used the word treasure because at that time they don't use the banking system like us today. Matthew chapter six verses nineteen to twenty. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus did not try to say that you should not save money in the four hundred one. K plan. Jesus did not say that you should not save money in your earthly bank account, preparing for retirement. He did not say that. He just tried to say that don't just put your heart on the money on earth. You should also focus on the account in heaven, because he knows that the money value on earth go up and down. You put money in the bank. If the value of dollars go down, that money will worth less. Not only that, you cannot trust the stock market. You cannot trust bond. The things on earth are unpredictable, are up and down. So if you put the trust in the things on earth, you can be in trouble. But he say, but the bank account in heaven guarantee more than hundred percent. It's not going to go bankrupt. Amen. Thank God. Yesterday, our financial department told us that told the pastor me that thank God we make a wise decision about finances in the church. 
we spread our saving in the church out into many many banks, little little banks everywhere because we want to protect the money of the church, and we were very conservative. We don't do anything very aggressive. And what happened? One bank go bankrupt. But because we put money only not more than two hundred fifty dollars in there, we get all the money back from the government. You see, the bank can go bankrupt, can go in trouble. Thank God we did not lose money in this church because we are very wise how to manage the money. Amen. Let's, let's give hand to God. Amen. I want to encourage you that the investment in heaven is much better than the investment on earth. You don't see it, but the investment in heaven is a guarantee income, and God doesn't even use the word interest. God uses the word multiplication. When you put it there, it will multiply. Not just interest, one percent. Right now, the bank gives you 0.6 percent, less than one percent. But in heaven, it multiply and it will flood into the earth here, into your own pocket, into your bank account. God wants us to focus on the account in heaven. It will become more productive. It's more secure. No bankruptcy in heaven, and guarantee earning, guarantee interest in heaven. Will never change. On earth, the interest can change up and down. Amen. When I talk about this, don't take me wrong. That now you don't keep money in the bank, you don't invest anymore on earth. Here, you still need to do that because you still need material things on earth. You still need to buy car. You still need to buy houses, buy refrigerator, buy computer, laptop, whatever. You still need money on earth to live and to function. But Jesus tried to tell us that. The things on earth here are corruptible. The things on earth here wear out. The car will wear out. Clothes will wear out. The car will not run forever. One day it will break. But when you keep money in the heavenly bank account, keep your treasure in the heavenly bank account, it will never wear out. Thief cannot come and steal. The white collar businessman in Wall Street cannot steal money from you. Amen. They cannot disturb your account in heaven. That's what Jesus tried to say. God will protect our bank account in heaven. So on earth here, what we need to do? We need to really pray and ask God for wisdom. Where we're g o i n g to invest? What bank we're g o i n g to put money on? How we're g o i n g to manage money? But at the same time, keep accumulating, keep putting money in the heavenly bank account that will never decrease the value. Some of you say, you know, I rather put money in the stock market of those ten companies. Oh, they've been there for decades. They never, never disappear. I tell you, companies disappear. Company can out of business. It happened in the past, and it will happen again. So don't trust any company. Only the company of God. If you're going to want to invest money in, look at another scripture, Mark chapter 10. 17 to 22. Now, as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, "Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life?" So Jesus said to him, "Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. You know the commandments: Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother." And he answered and said to him. Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved 
Him. Do you notice one thing that God loves you even though you are not perfect? God loves you even though you have problems in your life. God doesn't love some of your actions and some of your attitudes, but God loves you. I really impressed with this scripture because Jesus knew that this man had a problem. He had a problem with money. He loved money more than God, but still Jesus loved him. He said to him, "One thing you lack: go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come and take up the cross and follow me." But he was sad at his word. And went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. This man came to Jesus and wanted to know how to enter heaven, and he said that he has done everything; he obeyed all the law. And Jesus said, "You lack one thing. You need to accumulate treasure in heaven. Don't go to heaven empty hand. You need to give. You need to give to the poor. From all this scripture, you can see. I want to conclude one thing." In order to put money in the bank account in heaven, you can do two things. Number one, you support financially the minister, the ministry, God's church, and God's work. That's one way, like what Paul wrote in Romans and Philippians. The second way is give money to the poor, help the needy. When you see the needy in the church, when you see needy outside the church in another country, we help them. Amen. That's why I love the ministry of Dorothy that help people in Uganda to have education. We help kids in Thailand in Salam. You know, we help them buy clothes for them, buy textbook for them, help them, feed them. We need to help the poor out there on earth here, and that's the way we accumulate or we keep treasure in heaven. This man was not very happy with what Jesus said. Jesus tried to tell him that even though you think you go to heaven, but you don't want to go to heaven empty-handed, and your bank account in heaven is empty, you should do something more than that. That is to give to the poor. Now you can see the difference between this man and another group of people. Another group of people is Peter and the disciple. In Mark chapter 10, verse 28, then Peter began to say to him, "See, we have left all and followed you." Peter said, "We left all of our materials and money, and we want to follow you." And this is Jesus' answer, verse twenty-nine to thirty-one. So Jesus answered and said, "As surely I say to you, what does it mean? As surely I say to you, for sure, more than hundred percent chance." Amen. There is no one. Everyone say, "No one," who has left. House or brothers or sister or father or mother or wife or children or lands mean or money and material, for my sake and the gospels, who shall not receive a hundredfold now? Everyone say now. now. In this time, mean on earth here, houses, brothers, sister, mother, children and land with persecutions. Thank God, and in the age to come, everyone say now. And in the age to come, everyone say age to come. When you sow, when you give, when you live for God, Jesus promised that you will reap back now on earth and in heaven in the age to come. You see, this is not my word. This is Jesus' word. 
eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. When you live for God, you're going to be persecuted because a lot of people may not like what you preach. And not only that, God will bless you. God will bless your home, bless your business because you give and give and give, and somebody will get jealous of you, and they hate you. So they have to do something. They have to persecute you. It's so sad, but that's okay because I am on God's side. People can persecute me. That's okay. Amen. Hallelujah. So God said that I will bless you when you live your life for the kingdom. Look at what Jesus said to the first man. He said, "You sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come, take up the cross and follow me." This man is opposite. He did not follow Jesus. He loved the money so much. You can see two sides here: Peter and the young rich ruler. The young rich ruler said, "No, I'm not going to give up my money." But Peter said, "I give up everything." So Jesus was talking about letting loose out of your head. You give out. You give your future for God. You give your house for God. You give your money for God. You let it loose, and God promised you're going to get back hundredfold on earth here. Before I understand this principle, I have to admit to you. When I read Mark chapter 10, talking about this rich young ruler, I add in my own mind this word. Let me read one more time. This is my version, but I repent already. The Bible say like this. This is in my mind. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, "One thing you lack: go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me." And this is what I add: You cannot touch your treasure until you die. You're going to be poor forever if you become a Christian, and that's not true. You know, I believe it all my heart. After I study all this scripture, that if this young, rich ruler gave up his money, he liquidated his property, gave to the poor, and followed Jesus in his lifetime, he's going to reap abundant financial reward on earth here. We never outgive God. The sentence that I add on: "You cannot touch your treasure until you die" is a religious thinking. That Christian have to be poor forever. God just want money from you. The church just want money from you. Oh, these people are greedy for money. No, actually, God want to bless you. God want you to have treasure in heaven. God want to bless you on earth here with hundred folds of blessing. Amen. You need to understand God's heart. He is not a God that go out to get from people. Everyone say now, later, now, later. So when you sow the seed into the kingdom of God, you're gonna reap now on earth, and you will reap in heaven later on. Wow! What a double blessing! You know when you put money in the stock market, it can go down. And if you reap, maybe ten percent a year maximum, maybe ten percent this year, next year go down twenty percent, and only on earth here. That's it. You die, you cannot even take it with you. But when you invest in the kingdom of God, you have account in heaven. Keep there, no moth, no rust can destroy, and it will keep multiplying. And not only that, you're gonna reap on earth here at the same time. Is it a double blessing in heaven and on earth at the same time? Amen. Now you see the picture why God talks so much about money. Amen. 
Let's look at another man in the Bible. I'm going to show you different men in the Bible here. Luke 12:16 to 19. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, "The crowd of a certain rich man yielded plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying, "What shall I do?" Everyone say, "I." Since I, everyone say, "I,", I. have no reason to store my." Everyone say, "My." Crops. So he said, I, everyone say, I, I. will store all my, everyone say, my. my crops and my, everyone say, my, my. goods. And I, everyone say, I, I will say to my, everyone say, my. my. So, so you have many goods laid up for many years. Take you ease, eat, drink, and be merry. And then after that, verse 20 to 21 say, But God said to him, Fool. This night, your soul will be required of you. I mean, he's going to die that night. Then, whose will those things be which you have provided? So, it's he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Wow. This man is not walking in love. He's walking in selfishness. He say, I, my, I, my. My bank account... I gotta do this. My retirement, my vacation home, my, 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 my. Actually, in the eyes of God, even though he has so much money, he is not prosperous. He's poor. If we're gonna be prosperous and rich, we should be rich toward God, not rich toward the flesh. A lot of rich people on earth here are suffering right now. They have cancer, their kids. In pornography, they have problem. They want to commit suicide. They have problem because that is not the true riches. True riches is having the peace of mind and have more than enough to bless the kingdom, to bless the poor, to help people out there. Amen. To go to the mission trip, flying with Pastor Lao to Indonesia. <laughs> Amen. And go there and help people and bless people. Give money to buy equipment to do the mission. Doing something for God, that is a true riches in the eyes of God. And love means to live your life, to be able to give and bless other people. When you live like that way, you are really in true prosperity, not the prosperity of man, which will not last. They will die, and they will not be able to get even one penny to heaven. Amen? We should not live for ourselves, but we should live for God. Yes, God still gives us a lot to enjoy this life on earth, to have houses and cars and a lot of stuff, but we sh- that should not be our focus. We should focus on the things of heaven. Amen. Amen. Look at what he said after he talked about this parable in verse 31 to 34. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Do not fear, little flock. You see? Fear, make you don't want to give. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourself money bags which do not grow old. A treasure in the heavens that does not fail. Where no thief approaches, no moth destroy. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Amen. You can see here that Jesus said, live for the kingdom. You have money for the kingdom. Give to the kingdom. 
build the kingdom of God, give to the poor, help the needy. Amen. Hallelujah. You can see that God talk about giving, putting money in the bank account, and then reaping, giving, reaping, sowing, reaping, depositing in the bank account, and then withdrawing. Does God want us to invest on earth? Yes. We still need to be wise with our money on earth. Amen. We need to be wise how we invest money. You remember the story in Luke chapter 19. He talked about three servants who received minus money from the king. And one make another 10 minutes. Another one make another five minutes by investing the money. But one who received one put on the ground and do nothing about it. And the Lord was very angry that this man doesn't manage money on earth very well or manage the gift very well. So we still need to manage our finances, both naturally and spiritually. But will God increase in us naturally and spiritually at the same time? Yes. Amen. If we manage the money well, God will give us the increase on earth. And if we learn how to sow or deposit, make deposit into the spiritual kingdom, it will grow in heaven and it will impact on earth now. That is the promise of God. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 say, Remember this. This is a promise of God. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. God talked about sowing naturally, spiritually, into the account in heaven. And if we sow generously, we will reap generously. Verse 7, each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So in other words, God is not going to force you how you're going to invest into the kingdom of God. It's your own idea, your own heart. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10. Now, listen carefully, this is a scripture I want to understand. Now, He, mean God, who supplies seed to the sower. How many people are the sower in this room? You sow. So love, so money, so finances. Who going to supply the seed to your hand? Who? God. Amen. And bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. So as you learn how to keep sowing, giving, living your life for the kingdom, he will supply seed into your hand. And not only that, the storehouse is going to keep increasing. The harvest is going to be bigger and bigger and bigger. Amen. I have no doubt at all. Our church will eventually impact more souls than 10 years ago. Because we keep sowing the teaching for free, CD for free all over the world. We keep sowing the teaching, sowing money to help people, help different ministries. One day we're going to impact more souls because we sow, we receive more anointing. We receive more money to do the work of God and eventually we're going to reap the harvest of righteousness which means the harvest of souls. More into the kingdom of God. Amen. Verses 10 to 11, I read one more time from NLT. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide an increase. Everyone say, God will provide. God will increase. My resources 
then produce a great harvest of generosity in you, and you will be enriched in every way. Everyone say enrich. You're going to be richer. Turn to the person next to you. You'll be richer. Amen. In every way. So that you can say I and my and I and my. Is that right? No, 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 no. Listen carefully. <laughs> Enrich in every way so that you can always be generous. So that you can give to other people. Amen. Amen. So that people would thank God that you minister to them. Amen. I like that. I like this scripture. The more you sow, richer. More in the bank account, and you can give more. Give more to people. You become a blessing to more people. Amen. Hallelujah. God does not say, I will give you 5% interest. He used the word multiply. Do you understand multiply means? Two, two, two by two, four. Four by four, 16. One percent, two. You get only 0.02. Is that right? They calculated, right? But this is two by two, four by four, four, 16 by 16. Multiplication. In the heavenly bank account, he will multiply for you and then you can receive more and you can be generous to give to people. Amen. Wow. Now I'm going to read a few more scriptures and end the sermon. I want to show you that God always talks about now and eternity. How many people believe that eternity starts now? When you accept Christ, it's not that you have to wait to go to heaven to start eternity. Your eternity starts now. Okay. First Timothy 4.8 For bodily exercise profits a little. You go to the workout club. Like this. It just profits a little bit of your muscle. But godliness is profitable for all things. When I go to Indonesia, when I preach the gospel, when you give money to the poor, when you go to care group, you help people, you encourage people, you do godly things, you help people. Having promise of the life that now, everyone say now, now. is and of that which is to come. Whatever you sow in life, money, time, energy, gift, and word of encouragement, loving people, you do everything in a godly way to build the kingdom of God. You're going to reap now and in the world to come, in heaven. Are you glad that God is so fair? Amen? The Bible says in 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Everyone say eternal life. To which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And then verses 18 to 19 say, I like this verse a lot. 18 to 19. Let them, let all of us do good. That they may be, that we may be rich in good deeds and good works. Ready to give. Willing to share. Storing up for ourselves a good foundation for the time to come. Heaven. We are storing up treasure in heaven when we do good, give, help people. 
that they may lay hold on eternal life. When you help the poor, when you feed people, when you help somebody financially because they lost their job for many months, you will hold on to the eternal life. God gonna bless you on earth here to heaven. Don't hold on to your money. Help people. Give to people. Amen. I'm gonna make a conclusion in this sermon. In the next five minutes, a lot of people believe in giving, believe in sowing, but they don't know how to do a withdrawal from the bank account. I give you a story. A man works so hard all of his life. He works and works so hard. He get promotion. He put money in the bank. Every time he get a paycheck, he would stop by at the bank, put money, deposit in the bank. He has done that for years and years, but he's still driving an old junk car. He didn't even buy any perfume to put on himself to look nice. The front step of his house is broken. And you went to visit him, and you say, "Brother, what happened to you? Why you have this old junk car, twenty years old car? Why your front step is broken? I think you have worked so hard all this year with a good company, with all the money come in, uh, the check come in, and you put in the bank. What happened to you?" He said, "Yeah, I worked so hard. I have a lot of money in the bank. I stopped by the bank for, in the past thirty years. I put money in and money in." And why don't you buy a new car? Oh, I believe only in making deposit. I only believe in giving and sowing. I don't believe in reaping and receiving and withdrawing. Why? He said, "Yeah, I think the banker should know that what I need. The banker should know what I need. The banker should suddenly give me a new car. You think that will happen in the real life?" A farmer go out and sow all the seed, plant all the crop, and get back home and sit and wait for the rain for for coming from heaven and just sit there and say, "God, my kids need new pair of shoes, my wife need a new cloth. Oh, I need to pay the university bill for my kids who go to university right now. I believe the house is gonna walk into my house by itself." You cannot walk into the barn. I need to do nothing. Just sit here. And the fruit cannot drop off the tree and march into my house. And go to the marketplace and sell itself, and money will come into my bank account. Will it happen that way? No. So, you learn how to sow. You learn how to give. You learn how to make deposit. But you need to learn how to make a withdrawal. I'm going to teach you right now how to do it. Faith. Every time. I put money in the offering bag. I believe I make deposit in the heavenly account. That's my belief. And every morning when I wake up and go to work, I'm sorry to say this because I'm a doctor. You think that I want people to get sick so that I will be having a lot of money, but people get sick anyway, so they need me anyway. They need a doctor. When I wake up, I exercise my faith. I claim. Withdrawal from the account of heaven. Money gonna come in, so that I can do the great commission. I say, devil, you must take your hand away from my money. You're gonna touch my money. 
I claim and I exercise my faith that finances will come into my bank account so that I can go preach the gospel. If you exercise your faith that way, you withdraw by faith. Maybe some of this day, somebody knock on your door. Neil, I heard that you still owe some money for your new car. God worked in my heart to pay it off for you. Or maybe somebody's why money into you and say, "Hey, I want to bless you." Maybe somebody come to you and say, "You know, I I really have a, a good things I want to give to you." God will draw money from the world system. That's how He works. Your account is in heaven. You keep sowing into the bank account, but exercise faith to draw, and the world system will come in. The money from the world system will come into your hand to do the work of God. Amen. This is how you draw faith. Fight the good fight of faith. How many people believe in sowing and giving? How many people believe in withdrawing and receiving? How many people don't believe in withdrawing and believing uh, and receiving? Raise your hand up. I'm glad you didn't do go, go that direction. You need to learn how to go to the bank and withdraw money to buy a new car. Amen. I'm not telling you to buy a new car. Don't take me wrong. You can buy a used car. Amen. Everyone say, "I am a giver. I am a sower. God supply seed into my hand. I make deposit on a regular basis in my heavenly bank account, and I will exercise my faith to make a withdrawal, withdrawal to do good work." To give, to be generous to other people, to the work of God, and to the poor. Amen. You learning something today? This is the last sermon of Abundant Life series to give you the idea how you're gonna live prosperously on earth here. I tell you, if you are stingy, you only take, you only get, 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 get. You will never go anywhere. Amen. If you always rip people off, only take advantage of people, never become generous, you're gonna stay poor forever, and you because you don't have the blessing of God. But you learn how to give. Not only that. Let me add one more thing before I'm, I'm done. You may say, Pastor Lau, you can say it because you have money. No, no. Listen carefully. If you make a decision this morning that I'm gonna start to sow and give, and God see your heart, God gonna give to into your hand a certain amount of money, maybe two hundred dollars. You may not have one million yet. You have two hundred dollars, and God see your heart. You're happy to sow that seed. Maybe you sow a hundred. You get two hundred. You sow one hundred to another person in the church that lack money. You sow. God next time gonna give you one thousand, and you sow again five hundred or six hundred. God gonna trust you more, give you twenty thousand. You start from little, little. You sow from the little you have. Don't wait until you become rich and sow. You sow now while you have little, little bit. That's what happened to my brother-in-law. How much you gave that day? You told me the story that you walk into the church. You have only what? How many dollars in your Wallet. 
not many, maybe hundred dollars something. And God spoke to him, so the whole thing. And God blessed his business since then. He never lacked anything. He owned a nursing home. He has nice house. My brother-in-law is a giver. When we started the church, they are the one who give to this church and help and open home and and bless our church. Amen. So give whatever you have. Don't expect. Don't wait until you become rich and you give. Because you start from little bit. God gonna trust you more and supply the seed into your hand. Amen. I'm not preaching this to get money from you, at all. I'm telling you the principle for your own life. This principle will go on until your grandchildren, great grandchildren. If you practice that, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you, Lord, for the principle of sowing and reaping, the principle of accounting, putting deposit into the bank account. Of heaven, we believe you are the supplier of the seeds. You will enrich us in everything, so that we can be generous always to people around us. So that we don't have to say no when people ask us. We can give to them, Father. Thank you, Father, for your word. May this truth become the practical reality. In everyone in this church, Father, and to everyone who listened to this teaching through podcast and CD, we thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Praise the name of the Lord. I want to remind you again: what I say today will not make you to heaven. Okay. What you need to do is to have a personal relationship. With Jesus Christ, you may go to church. You may become a member of the church. You may give money to the church. You may do a lot of good things, but those things will not make you to heaven. You will go to heaven. You will enter into eternal life by having relationship with Christ. Let me ask you, last question. Ask yourself. I ask you, and you ask yourself. Do you really have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you love Him? Do you talk to Him? You want to please Him? Is He your Savior and Lord? Do you live your life for Him? If you do, you will go to heaven. You have eternal life. Amen. Good deeds will not take you to heaven. Only relationship with Jesus. I'm gonna remind the church all the time about this issue. God told me, remind the church. That the most important thing is relationship with Jesus Christ. How many people in this room want to go to heaven? Want to have eternal life? Raise your hand up. Raise your hand up. Amen. Can I lead you in prayer to receive Jesus into your heart, to have a personal relationship with Jesus? Would you like to do that with me? Would you like to do that? Why don't we stand up and we pray? Stand up and pray. This is the most important thing: is to have personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Stand up. I'm gonna pray slowly because somebody need to translate into another language so they can translate and pray. The Bible say, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. It's not enough just to believe in your heart. You need to say it out loud for God to hear. Confess with your mouth. 
Okay, so when I lead you in prayer, make sure you pray that God can hear you, not mumbling in your mouth. Father in heaven, I want to have eternal life. Lord Jesus, I turn away from my sin. And I want to have a personal relationship with you, Lord Jesus. Be my Lord and Savior. Stay in my heart. Give me a new heart. Put my name in the book of life. I will walk with you. Have a personal relationship with you every day. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Congratulations for those who accept Christ today. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Why don't we lift our hand up? I like to pray to bless you, Father, in Jesus' name. I bless everyone in this house to be healthy, to be strong, to be full of wisdom, to be full of faith and grace and favor of God, to be full of peace, prosperity. The family will do well. The children and grandchildren will do well. Salvation will come into every household in the name of Jesus. And bless us with the fellowship lunch, Father. That we all will love one another. Bless everyone in this house right now, Father. And those who cannot come, those who tie up, or those who are out of town, we pray for them, Kyler and JJ and people who are out of town, Father. We bless them in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone say, Amen. God bless you. Give the mighty hand of praises to God. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Enjoy the lunch. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at two zero six two seven five one zero four two or visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address: New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington, 98040. Thank you very much.